Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. God, as we walk down through the valley of temptation, we ask for strength. We ask for your guidance. Be with us on this journey through Lent. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't remember exactly what year it was. Uh, it was the early 80s, 83, 84. Um, but somehow my family gave itself a gift. It might have been a Christmas gift. I don't even remember that. What I do remember is that they invested in a Commodore 64. Now, if you don't know what that is, and some of you don't, a Commodore 64 is the most widely sold personal computer of all time. It was when home computers came into the home for the very first time. And what it was, basically it was a keyboard and you would have a wire and would hook to your TV, that was your monitor, and you would type on it. Now the reason that it was called Commodore 64 is because it had a whole big 64 kilobytes of RAM. 64 kilobytes of RAM. My computer in my office, 16 gigabytes. 16 gigabytes as compared to 64 kilobytes. You know how many kilobytes are in a gigabyte? A million. One million. I've got 16 million kilobytes, and I was starting on a computer that had 64. Our phones have four million kilobytes, and that's just a phone. And so let me tell you, you could do some neat things with that Commodore 64. You really could. You could say, hey, Stephen, run. And it would say Stephen all the way down the screen. I think that's about all I learned to do on that thing. But you could play games, and they came on these floppy disks. And do you know how much memory a floppy disk had? The normal ones had about 686 kilobits. And the really big ones that were double-sided, 1.2 megabytes. It's huge, isn't it? My computer in my office has a terabyte. You know how many kilobits are in a terabyte? A billion. And I was told between services that basically um, a kilobyte is a page of text. It's like one page of written text is how much is in a kilobyte. And so on a disk, it could hold about 100 pages of text. Ten sermons on a floppy disk. Yeah, they're 10 pages long. Good math. Um, 10. That's it. Can you imagine that? But over time, see where we've come. It's absolutely amazing how, how much easier things have gotten with computers, right? I mean, it used to be, now believe it or not, that if you used one program on your computer and then you put another program on the computer that didn't talk to it, it would mess the whole computer up. But I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how much life has changed over the years. And so I want to do a little quiz for y'all. Now, some of you will remember some of these better than others. How many of you remember when you had to wash clothes by hand? Oh, you raise your hand for this. Some of you. How many of you remember hanging them on the clothesline to dry? Because you didn't have another choice, Okay. How many of you remember washing dishes by hand because you didn't have another choice? How many of you remember when it took half an hour to heat up dinner? 
or when you had to go inside to pay for gas. Or, as Tony reminded me, you didn't have to get out of the car when you went to the gas station. How many of you remember only having one phone in the house? And you had to stay off that phone because your parent was expecting an important call. I mean, remember that if your car broke down or you got in a wreck, you had to walk to the nearest pay phone to get help. How many of you remember only having one TV in the house? And if you missed a show, you had to wait all the way to summer to hope to catch it on rerun. How many of you remember watching that TV in black and white with a snowy or scrambled picture? And you had to get up to change the channel on the volume. But that was no big deal. You only had three channels anyway. How many of you had to wait for your favorite song to play on the radio? Or to pay for long distance? Look, Stacy and I were in two different states when we were in college. We basically paid the amount in long distance that we paid in tuition of college. How many of you remember having to use correct type to fix mistakes when you were typing? Or if it was big, you had to just tear the paper out and start all over again? How many of, how many of you remember, if you didn't know the answer to something, you had to go to these series of books called encyclopedias to find the answer? How many of you remember having to go to the store to buy things? Or writing a letter and having to wait at least a week before you heard the answer. For all of those of you in high school or younger, well, even all you 20-somethings out there and 30-somethings, this is shocking that we had to do this. You thought we were making up having to walk uphill in the snow three miles to get to school. Let me tell you, I'd rather do that any day than have to get up and change the channel. I mean, Right? And the truth is, as I think about technology over the years, from my Commodore 64 to what I have now, and to microwave ovens, and, and to pay at the pump, gas station, and cell phones, all of these things have been done to make our lives easier, haven't they? I mean, I think, by and large, that's what technology is for, is to make our lives easy. And that's what we love, isn't it? I think it's human nature to want things to be easy. We want everything to be easy. We want relationships to be easy. We want our finances to be easy. We, we want um, our jobs to be easy. We want everything to come easily to us. And so if it doesn't, well, then we'll either give up, quit, or take another route. Or heck, we'll just invent something to make it easy, right? We want things to be easy. Not only is it something that we have gifted ourselves with, but it's also one of our biggest temptations, right? To take that shortcut, that easy way, instead of the right way. See, that's actually what we hear about in today's gospel reading, believe it or not. What happened is Jesus had just been baptized in the River Jordan, and the Spirit takes him out into wilderness to fast for 40 days, which in the Bible means a very long time. And so he's fasted out there. So needless to say, at the end of his 40-day fast, he's pretty hungry. I mean, look, I'm hungry at the end of 40 minutes. 40 days, Jesus is starving. 
And so just then, in his weakness, the devil pops up, right? And he goes, hey, if you're the son of God, why don't you just change that stone to a, a loaf of bread? I mean, think about it. What would be the big deal, right? It's just the easy way. I mean, it doesn't hurt anybody, you know? He just, and he's got bread. But Jesus says that the Bible says, one does not live by bread alone, but by the very word of God. So, the devil thinks a little bit, brings him up on a high mountain where he can see all the kingdoms of the world and says, you know what? I've got the authority to give you the authority over all of this. And all you have to do is bow down and worship me. Then, no big deal. Nobody's going to see it. All you got to do, and you can have all the authority. And see, if he had all the authority, that means that his life would be a whole lot what? easier. He wouldn't have to do all that teaching and preaching. He wouldn't have to be casting out demons. He wouldn't have to be healing. He wouldn't have to be showing others who he was. He would have the authority. He wouldn't have to be arguing with religious leaders. They would just know to listen to him because he had the authority over everything. All he had to do was just bow down and worship. He said no. And then Satan takes him up to the pinnacle of the temple. Now in Jerusalem, the very center of the, of the town and at the highest part is the temple. And so everyone in town would be able to see the pinnacle of the temple. Jesus was up there. And if he'd have thrown himself off, the devil said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself off of here. Bible says, you know, the angels would just scoop you up so you don't even hurt your heel. And Jesus says, no, don't put the Lord your God to the test. But see, the thing is, if Jesus had thrown them off, how much easier things would have been. There wouldn't have been any betrayal. There would have been no denial. There would have been no mocking, no beatings. If Jesus would have jumped off the temple, everybody in town, everybody in the world would have known immediately exactly who he was. And they would have known he's the son of God. They would have known he's the Messiah. And nobody had to die. All he had to do was take the easy way out. When he didn't do that, it, our text tells us that the devil didn't show up again until a more opportune time. Can you guess what that more opportune time was? The Garden of Gethsemane. Just before Jesus was arrested, when he's down on his knees praying, let this cup pass from me. But not your will, but mine. Not my will, but yours be done. The final temptation was the same as the first three. To take the easy way out. The one with no challenge, the one with no suffering, the one that just makes things happen easily. But you see, my friends, there's a difference between the easy way and the faithful way, the easy way and the right way. And you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, are not called to the easy way. We're not called to the, to the rosy path uh, that's just down easy street. You and I are called to make the difficult journey. Because look, hate is easier than love. Rejection is easier than accepting someone we don't understand. Speaking is easier 
than listening. Being quiet is easier than speaking out. Staying home is easier than showing up. Quitting is easier than trying harder. Doing nothing is easier than doing something. You and I every day are tempted to take the easy way out. We are tempted to do what's simple. We are tempted to do what's less challenging. But there's a difference between the easy way and the right way. Between easiness and faithfulness. Every day we are faced with a million choices. And these choices, little by little, make us who we are. And so we are called to make that choice. Look, it's not a sin to be tempted. Everyone's tempted. Jesus was tempted. But we do have that choice in the face of temptation, whether we're going to pick the easy way or the faithful way. And the truth is, you and I are not always strong enough to make that choice alone. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need the help of the Son. We need the help of the Father guiding us, strengthening us. And forgiving us when we fail. And that's the God that we have. So my friends. Today. When you're faced with that temptation. To take the easy way. Or the faithful way. Which one are you going to choose? Just know this. The world needs your faithfulness. Amen. Amen.